Thank you for listening to Overcomers Church International Weekly Message. We pray that you are encouraged and strengthened as you hear the Word of God. I feel so strong in my heart about them being here, and we spent time with the leadership team yesterday, and they poured into us after they were done. They spent, they're supposed to spend an hour and spent, I think, two and a half hours with Katie and I, and of course, at our house, they're staying with us, which is an awesome, super blessing, and they just have poured into Liz and I and the kids, and we've had a lot of fun and stuff, and so it is, it is totally awesome. So I feel, it's like a privilege to me to, I feel like I have a gift to give you this morning, um, for them to be able to be here and minister to you guys. Would you guys just stand and honor them and welcome them as they come to share the word with you? Good morning. Oh, it is a privilege to be here. We feel like we are coming home. Um, you know, this year was such a crazy year for us. And... Um, at first, I was thinking, okay, we're not going to really do anything special or extra. Um, we were even cutting down some of our international trips. Um, we've been all, we've almost been four years back in America. Um, we had been over in Russia for 16 years, and uh, and just things had gotten really, really busy. And so we had kind of thought, well, we'll just not do as many trips, some international trips, because we've gone on like uh, what 25, 30 international trips in three years. And so we just thought, well, we'll slow down. And so when Pastor Kent invited us, we didn't even, we didn't even really have to think about it or pray about it. We're like, yep, 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 we're doing it. Took, took, yeah, we were trying to figure out which day, but, man, we just, we just love being here, and it's just like family. And yesterday we had such a great time with the leadership team, and we just love you guys, and it was such a blessing. And, and after we got home, our daughter was like, Mom, we're moving to Missouri. So, good job. Uh, and even this morning when I was doing her hair, she's like, you know, if we leave on Fridays, if we fly on Friday, we can spend Friday night all day Saturday and still leave on su- Sundays. So, we could just do that every weekend. And so, she has decided that's what she wants to do. So, amen. So, that's, that's an awesome sign when your kids just want to stay. So, thank you guys so much. But praise God the kids are not in charge. Hallelujah. <laughs> <laughs> that could be very expensive very quickly. But it is an honor and a privilege for us to be here. It's hard to believe it's been a whole year. It has gone by so quickly, um, but as Pastor Ken said, we had an awesome time yesterday with the leadership team, and just want to thank them abundantly for, for staying awake and for all the food they brought <laughs> yesterday. It was absolutely incredible. We, uh, you know, um, I was telling them yesterday, I love magic bars, and they brought two big plates of them. And so they even sent one, one of the plates home last night. Thank you very much, Wendy. And uh, this morning I woke up, and Carrie's like, you're going to have a magic bar for breakfast? And I'm like... Yes. <laughs> so, so, Breakfast of Champions. Yes, so, we're, we're right. all hyped up. We're ready to, to we're sugared up. We're ready Amen. to preach. Amen. Um, you know, one of the things that, um, you know, the, the things that we love that about this church and just kind of in the three years that I've been here, this will be Mike's second time, is just really watching the things that the Spirit of God is doing. And I'm just really excited about that. And because when people are hungry, right, God always, God's always ready to give. But when we put a draw on him, he just gets so excited. He doesn't look at us and be like, well, finally. He doesn't have an he, He's just like, oh, I have so much prepared for you. And so we're just excited about what God is doing here. You guys are in our prayers. Um, and I know when, when Pastor Kent and Katie came this time, we're trying to get Liz and the kids all up to come spend some time with us in the summer. But just 
just seeing what God is, is speaking to you guys, and it's just, it's really powerful. And so we're excited to share a word that I feel that the Lord has really given to us today for you. Amen. And um, for those of you that have never met Mike and I, we, um, we've been missionaries over on the mission field for years. After I graduated from Karis Bible College, I uh, went directly to Russia. And so I spent 16 years in Russia. That's actually where Mike and I met, is actually on the field. And... Uh, he was just coming back over for a visit. He had been on the field and left, and then he came back to visit, and I got him. <laughs> and um, and uh, so we had it. And then so then we just ran the uh, Karis Bible College and Andrew Walker Ministries and really got to see <clears throat> the grace message change Russia and continuing to change Russia. And we came back to the States about four years ago and started overseeing international operations. And so we get to travel to so many of these nations on the wall here, and it's a privilege to see what God is doing. Amen. And uh, so we just we just love ministering the word. That is the number one thing, is coming alongside people and encouraging them in their personal relationships with God. Because if you get to know him and know his heart, then you will make him known. And you will see lives changed around you. And that is just something that God gets excited about when there is such a life inside of us that we overflow on people. Amen. So uh, how many people brought their Bibles today? All right. You know, it always amazes me I that... I think we're um, in church. I think we're in church. And I know I'm preaching to the choir on this one. It always amazes me how they, you know, when a successful person who's successful in an area, whether it's real estate, money, or whatever those things might be, when they write a book, they, we all run out to buy that book, and we try to figure out their secrets. And yet, you know, the most successful, successful man to ever live on this face of this earth was Jesus. And uh, I'll tell you, God wrote an awesome book for us. And uh, I really encourage you to be in it as much as possible. If you don't have one, please get one. It will, it will definitely revolutionize your life. It's, it's amazing. It's, it's life-changing. And uh, God truly opens up and unveils his secrets in his word. Amen. And so if you're looking to get to know him, if you're looking to have a su successful life, I'll tell you, success comes through the word of God. So if you can open your Bibles, please, to Hebrews chapter 12. And we're going to start here. <clears throat> And we're going to lay a little bit of a foundation as well. But, um, you know, Carrie and I have been praying about this, our time here. And uh, the Lord has, we've asked the Lord to give us some, some clear direction. And God has given us a couple of verses, and that's it. And so we're really excited to see where God's going to take us today. Um, we've, been, we've been filling up on the Word, and so we, we know it's going to come out. But uh, um, I, I hope you have your seatbelts on, because it's, it's going to be a good time. Um, so in Hebrews chapter 12, we're going to start in verse 18, and uh, I'm going to, I'm going to have, also have you keep your finger there because we're going to turn somewhere else to give you some reference. But in verse 18, it's going to start off a little bit dreary, but I promise you it's going to pick up as we, as we move along. Um, uh, why don't you go ahead and read that, your version, please. <clears throat> For you have not come to the mountain that may be touched, and that burned with fire, and to blackness, and to darkness, and to tempest, and to the sound of a trumpet, and the voice of words so that those who heard it begged that the word should not be spoken to them anymore, for they could not endure what was commanded. And if so much as a beast touches the mountain, it shall be stoned or shot with an arrow. And so terrifying was the sight that Moses said, I am exceedingly afraid and trembling. So uh, to give you a little bit of context on that, I want you to keep your finger there, and I want you to turn back to Exodus chapter 19. So I want to show you what... what um, what the author of Hebrews, the writer of Hebrews, Hebrews is actually talking about here. He's talking about 
a time when the children of Israel had just been led out of Egypt. And how many people know that, you know, oftentimes we focus on the areas that we've been led out of. Pastor Kit and I were talking about this a couple days, a couple nights ago. Oftentimes we focus on the, the, the things that we've been led out of, but God is focusing on the things that he's leading us into. Amen? Because God has some awesome things he wants to, to lead us into and the things he wants to reveal to us. And so what happened here is the children of Israel had just been led out of Egypt. And the reality is, is that, unfortunately, Egypt had not been taken out of them yet. They still very much had a, a slave mentality. But the children, they, they had come out of Egypt. And you know, how many people know that God was taking them into the wilderness not to lead them for 40 years? That was ne never God's original purpose. You know what God's original pur purpose was? To take him into the wilderness to worship him to be with him, to spend time to him, to, to discover who this amazing God was that liberated them from their bondage. That was the whole purpose. That's why he was bringing them out. And then he was going to lead them on into the promised land as they discovered more and more about him. But unfortunately, because of the hardness of their hearts, they never quite got there. Because again, although they were led out of slavery, slavery was never taken out of them. They never worked that out. So as you're looking at these things, I, I think this is amazing. And we're gonna, you know, again, Moses has led them out just a couple days there. They, they come to the base of the mountain of Sinai. And, this, and God calls Moses up into the mountain. This is what he says about them in, verse, in, in Exodus 19, verse 5. He says, Now therefore, if you will obey my voice indeed, and you keep my covenant, then you shall be a, a peculiar treasure unto me above all people, for all the earth is mine. And you shall be unto me a kingdom of priests, a holy nation. These are the words which thou shalt speak unto the children of Israel. This is what God commanded Moses to tell them. He said, guys, now, now if you'll just listen to me, if you just obey me, if you just walk with me, now I'm gonna, you've been taken out of bondage, and I'm going to make you a peculiar people. How many people in here know that you're peculiar? Look at your neighbor and say, you are peculiar. <laughs> if you didn't know it, you know it now. <laughs> but God says, you know, the whole earth is mine, and I'm going to make you a priest unto me. I'm going to make you a minister unto me. You're going to know me. How many people know that priests get to go into the Holy of Holies? They get to go into the secret place. They get to know the intimate things of, of our God. And that's what God was saying. He said, I'm going to, the whole earth is mine, but I'm going to reveal to you my hidden secrets, those things that I'm going to show you. Guys, think about how awesome is that? They've been taken out of bondage, and right away they've been made kings. They've been made priests. They've been made a royal priesthood in the physical, but yet they didn't have it in their hearts and their minds. Yep. That's powerful, guys. I mean, that, that's a real message. That's a real picture of us today, isn't it? How what, everything that God has given us, the amazing gifts and, and the blessings that he has bestowed and poured upon us, I mean, they were freely given to us by Jesus, yet sometimes, although we've been liberated from the world, we haven't worked out that aspect of our, fear, of our, of our salvation with fear and trembling because the world is still on the inside of us. If you, um, and we're going to have some other verses, so definitely write these down. Because if you go to Romans chapter 8, verse 32, and I love this, these verses in Romans because it's talking about the love of God, right? And he goes here in, in Romans chapter 8, verse 32, and he says, He who did not spare his own son, but delivered us up for all. How shall he not with him? Talking about how shall not also with Christ. It says, also freely give us all things. And so we're going to go over two or three verses here that just talk about freely. And it was interesting because I was doing this study. And, man, God started bringing all these verses that talked about freely. 
And it's like, there's no strings attached. There's no qualifications on this. He said, listen, this belongs to you freely. Because what happens, and, and, and we, we get to experience this, experience this a lot when we go overseas, is that um, there's so much religion. Even in the, you know, the spirit-filled church, and we experience this a lot in Russia, it's like, man, you're saved, but you better get your act together to keep that salvation. If you want to be healed, man, you better serve. If you want God to use you, you better give your money. I mean, it was there's so many qualifications. And religion will do that that says uh, God is good if you are good. God will give if you give. And, you know, and the word talks about that he's freely given. He said, I loved you when you were a sinner. Amen. How much more do I love you now? And so what can happen is we get saved and we receive this free gift but then we start doing this whole thing like, okay, now I've got to make myself mature. Now I've got to do all of these things so that I can come to a place where God can use me. And what we do, not God, not the word, but what we do to ourselves is we start setting up all of these like mile markers. Okay, so someday I want to be used by God. Someday I want to operate in power. So these are my mile markers. I need to fix myself in this area and this area and this area. And we feel like we have to qualify ourselves before God can use us. Where he said, listen, I have freely given you all things in Christ Jesus. Then he goes on to talk about how you have been given the love of Christ. He said nothing can separate you from the love of God. Nothing can separate you. And so what happens, and I didn't even realize I had done this myself. Like, you know what? Boy, Lord, I was on the mission field, and Lord, I want you to use me in great and mighty ways. But i got to be here at least five or six years, right? I've got you know, to really show that I can stick it out, and I can be faithful, and I can do all these things, and I've got to be able to quote scripture like Pastor Kent, or I've got to be able to do all these things before God can use me. And what was happening, God was saying, no, I've freely given you all things. Tap into my love. But I was saying, hey, I'm not yet worthy enough. And guess what? There will be days that, and I think we shared this before when I was here for the women's conference a couple years ago, there's days that you feel like, you know what? I am spiritual. <laughs> you ever had those days? Man, I woke up. I blessed my children. I was calm. I was a calm mom this morning. I, I, I stopped and I played. I read the Bible. We had worship music going on. The glory cloud descended in the kitchen. It was awesome. I didn't yell at the dog. I've had patience with our puppy. Oh, my Lord. And <laughs> it's miraculous. That's, mir that's a miracle right there. And you just have these moments, and you just feel like, yeah. And so if somebody calls and says, hey, I need prayer, you're like, you called the right person. Good for you. You got some spiritual discernment there, sister. Yeah, let me pray. And you believe. And isn't it amazing that the very next day, it's so different? Man, it's just like, am I saved? You know, you're irritated. You just, you just look at your husband and he irritates you for no reason. He just, just, err. Not that you've ever done that, ever. But you just, urgh, just something, and you just got this. And the kids ask them, what, what? And you're just like, where's your patience, Mom? And there's no glory cloud in the kitchen. It's dirty dishes and unswept floors, and you don't see anything of God in your house. And you don't, you don't just yell at the dog. You kick it. Well, no, you don't kick it. You push it aggressively with your foot, okay? <laughs> and so, and, and somebody calls you for prayer, and you're like, 
dude, it is not going to work. <laughs> call pastor. Do not call me. Because I am, feel as spiritual as a worm right now. And so we think at that moment that we are totally disqualified. And, man, the enemy jumps on those kind of days and says, how could God use you? I mean, you want to grow and you hear all this stuff, but how could God use you? And you kind of do this whole backwards thing in your thinking being like, man, there is so far to go before God could ever use me. And so the enemy just plays on our emotions. And we've got to get a place where you do, are not led by your day, by your emotions, on the attitude of your dog. Hallelujah. You, do, you just say, hey, listen, I know I've been freely given all things. And so I just tap into that. It has nothing to do with me. Now, I can put my emotions. I surrender my attitude. I put all those things before him, right? I don't go to him with a whole bunch of attitude. I just go to him. I say, Lord, I give all this to you because I know that you see me, that nothing can separate me from the love of Christ. Nothing in this day, nothing in anybody else's bad attitude, nothing in the situations, nothing with my husband, amen, can separate me from the love of God. And so you keep pressing into that love, and that's what gives you the ability to rise above your situations and say, Lord, I thank you, you've freely given me your love. There is no qualifications on it. There is no conditions on it. But I run into that love to change me, to change that attitude, and for me to realize what's already been given to me. That is such a power, that's a, such a powerful thing. Amen. So, going, so going back to uh, Exodus, that was really good, babe. Um, I know. I know. That's good. So, again, the children of Israel have been, have been led out of Egypt. They've come to, to the Mount Sinai. They've camped at the base. Moses has gone up. God has declared this over them. He's come back down. He's, he's shared with this, this with the people. Guys, we are, a, we are a peculiar people. We've been set aside to be priests and to the living God. The whole earth is, is his. So now we're, I'm gonna, uh, he has given me instructions that we're going to sanctify ourselves for the next three days, and then we're going to go to the mount, and God's going to reveal himself to us. And the children of Israel say, yes, how, this is awesome, amazing. So this is what happens you, as you continue to read there. And, and guys, I really encourage you to go back and read it. This is, this is awesome. They come to the mount, and they all stop. They all stop at the base of it because that's what they were commanded to do. The glory cloud descends. descends. The thunders come. The lightning come. And if we go back to Hebrews, it even says even Moses was extremely fear, uh, afraid and trembling. I mean, it was an awesome sight. And they sat there, and they just watched in awe. And then, but nobody dared go onto the mountain because they had not been keeping the ordinance of God. They couldn't, they, they were not clean. They could not go up to the mountain. So many times, guys, that's, that's how we approach God. We come just to the base of the mountain. We come just to the foot of the throne or, or just outside there, the throne room. We say, you know what? I haven't kept the ordinances of God. I've made mistakes. I've done these different things. And our mindset keeps us from entering into the presence of God. And we forget that, going back to Hebrews chapter 12, it says that we have not come to this type of a mountain. We haven't come to, this, to the thunderings and to the thunderclaps and to the lightnings and, and the trumpet sound so that we should be exceedingly afraid and trembling. We haven't come to that type of a mountain, guys. That we've, we've come to a different mountain. If you continue to read in Hebrews, um, where is it? Hebrews chapter 12. Carrie, the reason why Carrie's reading is she doesn't like my version. So, and she says, No, you got a great version. You know, Mine's just better. 
She's like, she's like, I don't like your version. I'm going to read it. I said, okay. So. Okay, I lost my, I lost my part. Okay, so here it says, in verse 22, it says, But you have come to Mount Zion and to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, to an innumerable company of angels, to the general assembly in the church of the firstborn. Guys, look what it says right there. The general assembly of the church of the firstborn. You are born of the Father. Because the same spirit that lived on the inside of Jesus now lives on the inside of you. And you are, you are his direct descendant. You are a direct descendant of God. You, you are a brother with Christ Jesus or a sister with Christ Jesus. And it says, you are to the general assembly in the church of the firstborn who are registered in heaven. Hallelujah. To God, the judge of all, to the spirits of just men made perfect. Now think about this again, guys. To God, the judge of all. And then what's the very next verse that it says here? Spirits of just men made perfect. You know, only one person can, de- can declare you just, and that's the judge. And God is the judge of all. He's already declared you that you are a just man or woman, that you have been made perfect in Christ Jesus. Amen. When you receive Jesus into your heart, when God looks at you, he understands that Jesus took away all your unrighteousness and gave you all of his righteousness. And that's how exactly how God sees you, because he sees you after the Spirit. And the same spirit which dwelled on the inside of Christ Jesus now dwells on the inside of you. When God looks at you, he doesn't see our imperfections in the flesh. He sees the perfected work that Jesus gave to us at the cross. Then in verse 24, it says, To Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant, and to the blood of sprinkling that speaks better things than that of Abel. Again, guys, this is so powerful. Because who is the mediator of the Mosaic covenant? Moses. And what did Moses do when he saw the mountain? He feared and he was he trembled. He was afraid. He our mediator was afraid. Can you imagine going into court and you're going with your lawyer and your lawyer stands up in front of the judge and he's sitting there shaking? That wouldn't give you a whole lot of confidence, would it? He'd be like, "Oh my goodness, I'm I'm, gonna, I'm I'm going to prison. I'm going to jail for a while." Well, praise God, Jesus is not that way. Jesus has the confidence that we need to take on everyday life. The confidence that we need to stand before the Father. For he who knew no sin became sin that we might become the righteous of God in Christ Jesus. Amen. Second Corinthians chapter 5. That's powerful, guys. But oftentimes we go back to the mentalities that we have as, oh, how's God going to ever accept me? How, how in the world can God ever justify me because of all the mistakes I've made? God, don't you know what I just did? Even before I came to church, I, I aggressively pushed the dog across <laughs> the floor with my foot. <laughs> We've got a puppy, if you can't tell, uh, recently, and it's trying our spirituality. (laughs) So, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Colossians chapter 2, verses 13 and 14, it says this. It says, And you who were dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, so all of your sin, all of your past, all of your unrighteousness, he said, God made alive together with him. He says, having forgiven all. All our trespasses. Say all. All All our trespasses. So he doesn't remember them. He says, I've forgiven every single one of them. He says, by canceling the record of debt that stood against us. He said, I've forgiven all of it, and I've canceled all the debt, all the things you owed, all the wrong things you did. He said, nailing it to the cross. 
He said this, the, the, that stood against us with its legal demands. This he set aside, nailing it to the cross. And so when we talk about going before God so many times in this whole, well, Lord, I, I want to change and I want to do these things. What we do is we set up all these mile markers as far as like, well, okay, I've got to do this and I've got to become this and I've got to learn this and I've got to do that. Because what we're doing is we're still judging ourselves by our past. Like, I've got I've to get over this before God can do that. And we keep drawing some of our, our bad things from the past and our mentalities. Sometimes it's not even our sin. We're like, praise God, God, forgive me of my sin. But what we're doing is we're still drawing all of our old mentalities and letting those, those definitions of what people said about you and the declarations of others and their, their stamp on all of your failures start defining you. And God says he took all those things and nailed it to the cross. He says, now I want you to think differently. That's so powerful. He said, I want you to think differently because I have done these things. And so when we talk about being able then to come before the Lord, we're able to come to him being filled with the spirit of God being filled with now the presence of God. And so it's not just that God has done all these things for us. You have the presence of God inside of you. And that's absolutely life-changing because it's not I'm trying to become something. This is what's inside of me. It was interesting. We were in, uh, we were in China, and we were ministering to a group of pastors, and, uh, and we were talking about spirit, soul, and body, and that they had the spirit of God inside of them. And they had never, okay, so they had never heard the grace message. This group, we had about 52 pastors, and they had never, ever heard the grace message. They had never heard any of the things that we were sharing. We were talking about not your love for God. We, we said, we're not going to preach to you about your love for God today. Instead, we're going to preach about God's love for you. And that was a total different message than they had ever heard because what they had done is they set up all these boundaries, all these, like, mile markers. If God's going to use me, I have to suffer. I mean, their whole concept was you, God can't love you or bless you unless you're suffering. If you're suffering, then you're really following God. I mean, there was such a warped mentality. If you have a bad marriage, then it means you're serving God. Literally, that was the teaching. To the point that one young girl got up afterwards and she just cried. She's like, I'm so, I feel like I'm so set free. She goes, I have a good marriage. And I felt guilty that I actually liked my husband. I felt guilty because I wasn't suffering in my marriage. Because if I really love God, I will suffer. Guys, I'm telling you, the enemy, man, he starts off subtle, and then it's outright lies, right? It's just lies that people go, oh, okay, I guess God's like that. No, he's not. He's not a God that we have to fear and tremble and think that he's going to punish us and kill our children. I literally had pastors come to me and say, I know I'm serving the Lord. I know that I'm on the right path because God killed my child. God did not kill your child. Right? And so when, and, and you may say, well, that's just, that's just ridiculous. It is ridiculous. But this is why it's so important that you and I know truth so that when God brings us to these people, we can say, no, let me tell you who he really is. And I remember we were standing before these pastors and, and we had never, ever said it before. But it was like all of a sudden we just said, listen, you do not have a little baby Jesus in a manger living in your heart. Because in their mind, Okay, we're so spiritually immature, meaning that when you got saved, you got a baby Jesus inside of you. And so for him to really grow and to manifest himself in your life, you have to suffer and you have to work and you have to prove for that spirit, that little baby spirit Jesus to grow in you to finally be moved and used by God. 
That is not the truth. It says that when you and I got saved, when he took our sin, he nailed it to the cross, and then he said, listen, now I put my fullness of my spirit inside of you. I mean, king of kings, lord of lords spirit, amen. Lion of the tribe of Judah spirit, right? The redeemer, the savior on the white horse with the, the sword coming out of his mouth. That's the spirit that lives within you. Not a baby Jesus. I mean, the spirit, the might and power of God so that we can say, wow, this is how I can have a relationship with God. And so when you realize how much is given inside of you, you said, Lord, thank you. You've freely given that to me. So teach me what belongs to me. Teach me so that I'm not deceived by these, these lies of the enemy. If you, look in, uh, if you look in Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, it's so powerful. And we can probably all quote these, these, these verses. But in, in, in verse number one, it says, I beseech you. In other words, Paul's saying, I beg you. I, I, I implore you, please look into this. Therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you, you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto the Lord, which is your reasonable service. Now, if God only wanted our physical flesh or only wanted our praise, only wanted what we could do for him, he would have stopped right there. But guys, look what it continues to go on and say. And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed. How are we transformed? By the renewing of our minds, by understanding what God has done for us, by going back to the word and discovering who he is on the inside of us and the fact that he has made us righteous and holy and acceptable unto the beloved. And he goes on to say, by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. You can actually go back to the word. You can discover what it says. Then you can take it and apply it in your life and prove it to be true to you and to everybody else around you. How amazing is that? I mean, God has laid miracles in this world, in this word. God has laid provision in this word. God has laid all these promises in his word for you to prove them in your lives. For you to say, you know something? If it happened in the word of God, it could happen in my life, and, it's gonna, and I'm going to do this. Amen. I mean, that's powerful, guys. Mm-hmm. But most of the time, we, just, we go back and we say, oh, I'm not worthy. Or I should say most times. Sometimes we go back and we say, I'm not worthy because I did this and because I did that. Guys, we have to go back and discover what Jesus did for us. And when I, what I love about this, too, is when it says that when we get transformed by the word of God, when we start to realize, wow, these things belong to me, we start to realize all those things freely given to us. Man, I have the presence of God inside of me. Man, the love of God is never going to leave me or be disappointed in me. There's nothing that can separate me from his favor, from his goodness, from his absolutely love look on my life, right? Nothing can separate that. We go to this and we can say, so that means in my life I can know, and this is so powerful, that means because God loves you so much and he's put his spirit within you and he's given you all things, he says, now you can know the absolute good, pleasing, and perfect will of God for your life. And that's so powerful because I, I, you know, we work with Bible school students a lot. We go around the world working with a lot of people. And they're constantly saying, I don't know what God wants for me. I don't know what God is saying. I don't know what God is doing. And I keep taking it back here. Get into the word because God has the ability to show you exactly what you're supposed to do. Absolutely. And not just not just just through this word. I mean, you get to know his heart. You get to know his voice. You get to recognize his presence. So when you're praying, Lord, should I take this job? Man, you'll have a peace if you're supposed to take this job. If God's saying, hey, I need you to move to this place, man, you'll know exactly the right timing, right? You'll be at the right place at the right time doing the right thing. 
Amen. When I went to Russia, I knew it was the right place. When I was doing the right thing, and then, hallelujah, the right one came. Hallelujah. Man, it is amazing what God will do. Hallelujah. You put yourself in a position to say, God, what is the next step? God shows it to you and say, hallelujah. And then you stand with confidence no matter what battle comes. You stand with confidence and say, I'm at the right place. And so in this place is blessing. In this blessing is everything that I need freely. Everything that I need. And I don't have to worry about the next step because right where I'm at is the perfect will of God. That's absolute, that will absolutely set you free because what will happen is so many times you'll be doing something in your life and the enemy will try to tell you, ah, there's more. You're missing out on stuff. Man, you failed. And you can say, no, wait a minute. I know I'm in the right place. So enemy, I rebuke your lies. I know I'm doing the right thing. Does God have more for me? Absolutely. But at this point in my life, in this season, I am going, I'm going to absolutely learn all that God has for me right now because he's going to show me the next step. So when the enemy tries to bring stuff, you can say, no, 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 no. I know the will of God because I have relationship with him because his spirit is within me and I hear his spirit. We always used to say, we always tell this to young people when we're talking about marriage and we're talking about relationships and stuff. When Mike and I, when Mike and I got, uh, when we met each other, we had spent, after we met each other, after we were like, ooh la la, uh, we took... We took five and a half months where we didn't talk to each other, we didn't email each other, we didn't see each other, to seek the Lord. And when he spoke to us, it was like, okay, this is God, this is my pleasing, this is my perfect will. So when we stepped into it, guess what? When the enemy tries to tell us you made a mistake, we're like, absolutely not. I know what God said. And then you can rebuke anything the enemy tries to bring you. It is the same thing right now. You're seeking direction. You're seeking, what am I supposed to do? How am I supposed to do this? God is wanting to show you right now exactly what you're supposed to do and who you're supposed to be and what you're supposed to say yes to and what you're supposed to say no to. Why? Not because he's a controlling God, but because he loves you. And in that place of his will, you're going to find so much blessing. Amen. Amen. Absolute blessing. One of the joys of this life is that we don't have to figure it out. God's got the whole life figured out. You know, he, see, he, he said in Psalm 139, all of our days were written in his book before we ever had one. So all we have to do is come into alignment with his will for our lives. And guess what? We're going to find success no matter what we step into because it's his will for our lives. And we know how much God loves us. Really quickly, guys, going back to Hebrews um, in verse number 24, as Carrie read it, and, and to Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant. And that, that new covenant was uh, into the blood of the sprinkling and the, that speaketh better than that, things, that thing of Abel. How many people know that when Cain killed Abel, the Bible says that Abel's blood cried out unto God? You know what it cried out? It cried out, avenge me. Because Cain came to Abel and he killed him. You know what the blood of Jesus cries out? Forgive them. Isn't that awesome? I mean, the blood of the, Abel, Abel wasn't perfect. Abel did some things wrong in his life. And, and, you know, something, because he lived in a fallen world, that kind of thing happened. Cain killed his brother. Jesus was perfect. Jesus never made a mistake. He sacrificed everything for us. Again, he gave us his righteousness and took upon himself our sin. And yet that blood, which cries out, covers our sin, took away our sin and cleansed us from all unrighteousness. That's powerful, guys. 
And if we'll walk, we'll understand that. That's how God sees us. We've been cleansed from that, all, all the unrighteousness. We've come to this mountain, the mountain of the living God, where his presence is there. And when he speaks, we don't tremble. We rejoice because it's the voice of our Father, and we know the voice of our Father. In Romans chapter 3, verse 24, it says, Being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Again, coming to that place of freely. You know, again, you stop saying, I've got to, I owe God, I've got to figure these out, things out, I've got, to, I've got to get some things together. I've got to just learn some more things. But it says you've been justified freely, amen, by his grace. And this is what I love because when, when we realize that we've been justified, that those things have been nailed to the cross, then what do we do? We run into that grace and say, Lord, I need, this, I need to learn. I need to know what this grace now looks like and feels like and acts like in my life. In Titus, chapter, in Titus chapter 2, verse 11 and 12, and this is just something the Lord has really been teaching me personally. And this is scriptures that I've known for a long time. But, boy, the Lord just started showing me something different recently. And it says in Titus chapter 2, verse 11 and 12, talking about that you've been justified freely by his grace. Okay, so, all right, so now you've been justified and now you've been placed in his grace. But what does that mean? What does grace mean? And it says here, it says, for the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation for all people, training us to renounce ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in this present age. So, you know, we always, and I, this is one of the things when we were introducing grace to the Russians and we were introducing grace to, uh, in China, we were introducing grace, we were talking about, you know, grace is not this message that says, well, whatever, however, whenever, with whoever, and God, grace of God will cover it. No, it says that you've been justified freely. There's all these things that you've been given freely. And he says, now with this grace, this grace becomes an instructor. This grace becomes your teacher that says, now I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to teach you how to live a different level of courage, a different level of boldness, a different level of self-control, that you start to look at things and say, I'm worth more than that sin. I'm worth more than that temptation. So grace doesn't say, hey, I can do those things and God will forgive me. Instead, grace, grace shows you the standard. Listen, you've been justified. You've been brought up to this level that you are greater than the temptations that are coming against you. You're greater than what the situations and people around you are declaring over your life. So you're not going with a big, uh, an attitude uh, against them, but you're just saying you have an attitude within yourself. Listen, I am not going to receive other people's declarations over me. I know what Jesus did for me. I know the spirit of God within me. I know the love of God that never leaves me. So that means grace is now going to teach me how to walk in his perfect will in this situation. And I'm going to be able to rebuke ungodliness. I'm going to, and that includes just those, those things within your own heart you're struggling with. Those own lies of the enemy that telling you you're not worth it. The, the, the own struggle you might have with depression. The own struggle you may have with worry about finances and the future. You just take those things and say, Lord, I thank you. Your grace is instructing me now. Not just to have it, but how to demonstrate it. So when you look at your finances and say, God, I thank you that grace is teaching me how to live in these finances to the kingdom of God. When you look at your marriage and your relationships, God, I thank you that this grace has been given to me to instruct me and guide me of your goodness in my life and how it can look. That's powerful. 
That's the power of the grace of God. It says you've been given this freely in Christ Jesus. So I don't have to beg or earn or feel like I have to have a really good spiritual week. Woohoo, not just a spiritual day. I need a whole spiritual week before God can do this in my finance, before I can believe God for this miracle. No, you, you fall down, you jump up, and you run to your miracle. Because, Lord, you, you've provided it, and so now your grace is instructing me and teaching me how to run towards you Amen. in the midst of everything that I've done. So what's awesome about grace, it has not given us the, 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 the license to sin. It's given us a freedom from sin. But when we do make mistakes, because guess what, guys? We're going to make mistakes. It's just going to happen. We don't have to be afraid of God. We can come boldly to him. You know, in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16, it says, Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we might, we might obtain mercy. Why do you need mercy? Because you've made a mistake. That's the only reason that I can see that you need mercy. So when you make a mistake, when you fall down, you jump up and you run boldly to the throne of grace that you might obtain mercy and then grace to help in time of need. Grace, which then keeps us from continuing to, from continuing to fall down. We get back up, we run to him, and we get the strength to carry on. Amen. That's powerful. Again, guys, that's awesome. That's what God has done for us. Going back to, to Hebrews in, verse, in chapter 12, verse number 25, it says, See that you refuse not him that speaks. For if they escape not who refused him that spoke on earth, that's Moses, that's according to the, the Mosaic law, uh, much more shall we not escape if we turn away from the him that speaks from heaven. Don't you see? God is telling us that he's made a path for us. He's cleared away. So that now when God speaks... Don't worry. Don't be concerned about those mistakes you've made in the past. Don't be concerned about your past life. Don't be concerned about the circumstances that are hitting you right now. Turn and look to the Word. Discover what does the Word say about me? Does the Word say I'm worthy? Does the Word say I'm capable? Amen? Amen. Because God's not going to call you to do things that you, you know you can do. Well, let everybody know that. Trust me. We've discovered that in our lives. He's not going to call you to do things that you're good at, typically. He's going to call you to do things that He's good at. And sometimes that's going to be a stretch for us. And I'll say most of the time, if not all the time, it's going to be a stretch for us. And that's a good thing because God doesn't want you trusting in your own flesh and your own abilities. He wants you trusting in him and his abilities. In verse 26, whose voice then shook the earth, but now he has promised, saying, yet once more I shake not only the earth, but also heaven. Now this yet once more indicates the removal of those things that are being shaken as of things that are made and the things which cannot be shaken may remain. Now, guys, this is, this is when Carrie and I have been praying for you all, and, and trust me, we have been praying for you all. When Carrie and I have been praying for you all, this is the word that God has given us for this church, that God has, has made a path. He's clearing away. You have discovered who you are in him. He's, he's, you are discovering your new abilities in him and the plans that he has for you. And now he's speaking to, to you that he is shaking away the, the chaff. He's shaking away those things that would hold you back. And he's freeing you to step into the calling that he has on your life. He's freeing you to take the next step. And guys, it's not based upon what you can do. It's based on what he wants to do through you. God's saying, go back to the word, discover, discover who he is, discover that you are free from sin and the incredible future that he has destined for you because a shaking's coming, mm -hmm. a rattling is coming. And guys, I hope you can feel it. There's a, there's a rattling, there's a sense in the air, something's happening. And as, as it continues to move forward, God's going to be leading you and guiding you, and you have to be able to shed those things that would hold you back because the destiny that he has in store for you is amazing. 
And this is, you know, sometimes people would say, well, what kind of word is that? I mean, that's a really strong word that says the things that, are, that need to be shaken will be shaken so that those things that cannot be shaken will remain. What are the things that cannot be shaken? The things that cannot be shaken is your absolute understanding of the word of God. That you're saying, I know who I am. I know who he is. I know how much he loves me. I know what he's given me. And I know my identity in him. When we get to that place, like, I know my God. And because I know my God, now I know my authority. Because not only do you know God, that he's Jehovah Rapha, and he's Jehovah Nisi, and he's Jehovah Jireh, the Lord, your provider, your healer, your banner, right, your peace. Okay, if this is my God, and I am filled with the spirit of God, guess what that means? You've been filled with Rapha, the healer, Jireh, the provider, Nisi, the banner, Amen. You've been, you've been filled with the person of Christ Jesus. Those things cannot be shaken. Man, you get, you get grounded in your relationship with God and who he is within you. It doesn't matter what happens around you. It doesn't matter if you lose your job, your car gets, explodes on the road. It doesn't matter what happens. Your washer, your dryer, your dishwasher, and your coffee maker all died in the same week. It's okay. Amen. All right, it doesn't matter what happens. It doesn't matter who, who stabs you in the back or says something. You know, there's going to be things that will shake around you. Why? Because the enemy, he's afraid of you. He is. Man, I've, we've seen things shake. In fact, I'll just tell you the word that God gave us last year, last June, was this word for our own personal life. He says, everything that can be shaken will be shaken. So that which remains cannot be shaken. And at first we're just like, Okay, cool. <laughs> oh, <laughs> and you know what, man? God has done such an amazing thing, not just within our own personal heart, in finances. I mean, he just started showing us in his love, these things are distractions. These things are worthless. These things are lies. These people have the wrong motivation. These, these people have wrong uh, not just wrong motivations, they're of the enemy. And, man, God started revealing stuff. It was amazing. Not just within our own lives, literally around the globe, things started shaking. And you know what's happening? Man, the right people are coming into the right spots with the right heart. Man, God is doing supernatural connections and miracles. We're seeing things happen like never before. And things that people could not have heard a year ago, they're hearing the word of the Lord, and they are saying, yes, Lord, send me. Where last year, they would have been like, oh, no, use somebody else. But God's done so much in their hearts, they're starting to stand up and say, Lord, use me. I'm your person. Amen. That's what God is wanting to do within our lives. Or we can say, and we can run to him and say, Lord, if there's distractions, if there's things in my life that have been pulling me back, holding me back, have been blinding me, Lord, shake those things. Let them fall away so that you and I remain. That's a powerful word. Amen. That's a really powerful word. And some people may say, I don't like that word. I like my little comfort zone. I like it all the same. I'm happy with the way things are. I mean, it might not be perfect, but Lord, I've set up my little um, domino walls here, so please don't touch it. Let me just tell you, God has something so much better than even what you think is good. Let me say that again. God has something so much better for you than what you have defined as good in your life. And if you're willing to let his love touch you, 
He will knock down some things. And when I say knock down, it's not out of hurt. It's not out of vengeance. It's not sickness. He doesn't come to steal, kill, and destroy. Amen? God does not come to steal, kill, and destroy. That's the enemy. Right? But there are some things he's going to reveal and say, listen, I have better for you. Are you willing to step out? Are you willing to let my grace instruct you so that you can step into another level of courage and boldness and opportunity and favor and power of God? Guys, verse number, verses number 28 and 29, it says, Wherefore, we receiving a kingdom which cannot be moved. That's the part of the kingdom, the kingdom that we are. My Bible says that cannot be shaken. Cannot be shaken. Let us have grace. It doesn't say let us have good works. Let us have the right attitude. Let us have a good concept of this. Let us serve Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Saturday, Tuesday, and whatever. Morning and night. Amen. It says let us have grace whereby we may serve God acceptably. That's how we serve God acceptably, through his grace, through understanding what he has done with us, for us, the empowerment that he has given us with that mindset that we let go of those things which are in the past and we, take, and we, we righteously, in his righteousness, take hold of those things that he has for us. I say, we may serve God with reverence and godly fear, Look what it says here, verse number 29. This is the God you serve, for God is a consuming fire. That's the God that we serve. That's the power that we come in, guys. That's the ability that you and I have to bring forth this gospel message, to not be shaken, not be moved by circumstances, not be moved by our past, not be moved by what other people say is our future, or, but be moved by the destiny that God has in, in plan for us. And all guys, we have been established so that we will not be shaken because we are standing upon the firm foundation of his word, his immovable word. Amen. And with that as the basis, we go forth and we take the land that God has given us. We take the fruit of that land and we magnify the King of kings and the Lord of lords and we see his kingdom manifested on this earth. And you know, so many times people don't... <clears throat> They look at these verses and say, well, God is a consuming fire. And they'll get nervous, us talking about, oh, God's going to shake things and God's good. He's a fire. And people will kind of do uh, step back and be like, you know, God, you know, uh, stay right there. I'll just tell you, the reason these scriptures are so powerful is he says these things. He said, because I love you. And, you know, here's the thing. You're always safe in God's love. When you get a revelation of how much God loves you, and he says, and I will never leave you, and I will never forsake you because my spirit lives within you. He said, I will never leave you. So that means if there's things I need to reveal about your heart or your attitudes, it's because I love you. Man, and you know, I can tell you this. My growth and understanding in God didn't happen because I said, you know, God, go after all the sin. Go after all the muck. Go after all the junk. Man, God purge, cleanse, root up, root down, tear down, destroy. It didn't happen when I prayed those prayers. You know what happened when I really started to see transformation and all the junk get out of my life? When I said, Lord, show me how much you love me. When I got a revelation of how much God loved me, man, I ran to his hands. And I said, Lord, take your hands and reach in and root those things up that I don't even realize are stealing from me mentalities I don't even realize are destroying me. Man, I actually became aggressive beyond saying, Holy Spirit, teach me, lead me, guide me, reveal to me. Do all this work. When I got to a place of saying, you know, Lord, I know you love me. 
And I'll just say today, God has such a love for you. It is a burning love. It is that consuming fire that says, I love you so much. There's things I want to reveal to you in this next season. Will you let my love touch and transform you? Because if you let it touch and transform you, there's going to be some things that you didn't even realize, or maybe there are things that you realize that are binding you that you've been ignoring. You've tucked into a dark closet and said, Lord, stay out of that area. I'll just tell you, if you allow God to open up that, you're going to experience so much freedom. You're going to experience a move of the Spirit like never before in your life. He loves you that much. Isn't that awesome? Man, that should, that, get, that, should, that should stir us up and that we run into his presence and say, Lord, I want your love to be revealed to me. And if that means that you also reveal to me things that need to change and attitudes and, and, and temptations that need to be laid before you, hallelujah, your love is powerful enough to transform it. Maybe you're here right now, and maybe you say, you know what, this has been me. I've allowed those former concepts, I've, I've allowed my past mistakes I've allowed these things in the past to, to move me, but no more. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take this word to heart. I'm going to rely upon who Christ Jesus is. I'm going to rely upon his grace, and I am going to become immovable just like his word is immovable. Maybe this, that's been you in the past, and you're recognizing now the freedom that God wants for you, the freedom that God has declared over you. I just want to invite you right now, if that's you, We'd like to pray for you. If, if, you, if uh, I know this is, this is asking a, a big thing. This is a, kind of a bold step, but... It, if you'll stand up right now, we're going to pray for you. And I believe that God's going to do a work in your life, um, something miraculous in your life, Amen. and establish you like you've never been established before and set, set your path on a, on a straight and narrow path where you're going to be pursuing after him, after the all-consuming fire, and you're going to stand in that fire, and you will not be burned, but you will simply be a beacon unto the Most High God. So if that's you, I'm just going to invite you right now to stand. We want to pray for you. If I was sitting, I would stand right now and be like, Lord, there's some things that I've let happen in my life. And sometimes it's just the busyness. Honestly, sometimes it's just the busyness of everyday life that just is holding us back. And we can just say, Lord, man, I'm coming before you. I'm not going to let these things define me, or re but instead I'm going to let you refine me. And I'll tell you guys, Hallelujah. Carrie and I are up here and we're standing too. Hey, man. Because Thank you, Jesus. all of us have things in our hearts and our minds that we've allowed to come in and inform and, and, and our thoughts in our heads. And I'll tell you right now, God is doing a shaking. He's doing a shaking up his, of his body. Because God's desire is to manifest his glory to this world and to do it through you. Amen. Heavenly Father, you see all these hearts. You see all these people standing, Hallelujah. Lord, before you, making that declaration acknowledging that you are an all-consuming fire, that you are awesome, that you are the cloud that filled the mountain, that covered the mountain top, that you are the thunderclaps that made it, that made it deafening and, and impossible to speak over, that you are the God of everything, the God of creation, that when Moses saw you, he shake, shook and trembled with fear. We acknowledge that, Lord. But we also acknowledge what Jesus has done for us. Amen. We also acknowledge the grace that you have poured out upon each one of us. And we acknowledge, Lord, the finished work of the cross. And we thank you, Lord, for the righteousness that you have declared over us. And since you are alive on the inside of us, Lord, we say those things which used to move us in the past, we cast them at your feet. 
And we say no more. We will be moved by your word and your word alone. That our identity now does not lie in our mistakes in the past or does not lie in our abilities. It lies in what your word declares over each and every single one of us. I just thank you, Lord, for your spirit alive on the inside of us, declaring our path, setting forth, setting straight that which is in front of us. In, in the circumstances that might come, I just thank you, Father, that you have already overcome this world. You have already overcome every single circumstance. So we can come boldly before your throne and obtain that grace to take those mountains that have been, that have been erected in front of us and to make, make flat, Lord, those, those areas that would try to, to stand against us. We just thank you, Father, for that. I just thank you, Lord, that right now we just identify those things that are lying to us. We take authority over them in the name of Jesus. And we say, no more will you reign in our lives. No more will you reign in our hearts or in our minds. But our minds are consumed with the word of God. Our minds are consumed with the promises that God has declared over us. And we will walk according to those promises. We will see your glory and we will see your power manifested through us. Right now, Lord, this is the day. This is the moment. From this time on, everything's going to be different. Hallelujah. Because we're going to, we're, we purpose to see your glory manifested through us and in us. Right now, I just say that, I just feel like we just need to speak. There's fears that have been trying to rise up with inside of you. And so many times we'll be like, well, no, it's, I'm, not, I'm, I'm not fearful. But the thing is, is that you've been worried. You've been worrying about so many things. And man, you just think about them and you're trying to figure out how to fix them. And you're figuring out how to, and you're trying to plan out all these things. And I just really feel like the Lord said, that worry is actually fear because you're not sure how it's going to work out. And right now I feel like the Lord is saying, man, His love, He wants to reveal His love to you because perfect love casts out fear. Perfect love, what He wants to do, how He's going to do it, is going to still all of this worry that's been going on within your heart. All of this, all these frustrations that you've been dealing with. And you just think it's just normal life. So many, you, you've actually started to deceive yourself. It's just normal life that everything's crazy and I'm in debt and, and, and that I have health issues. I mean, it's just normal life. And God says, it is not your normal life. He said, I've called you to something bigger. I've called you to something greater. I've called you to a level of peace and joy and vision that does not contain fear and worry. And so I just thank you right now, Lord, we can lay these things before you because you have a good and pleasing and perfect will for every single area that people in this room are roaring about. And so, Lord, we surrendered at the cross because you've freely given us all things. And so, Lord, we just re- we just lift up your hands just as an act of, Lord, I receive. Lord, I receive everything you've freely given to me. There's so many things I don't even realize are mine. So right now, Lord, I press in. I run to you saying, Lord, show me everything I have. I do not want to talk myself out of or let the enemy talk myself out of what is already mine. So, Lord, I receive it. I ask you to teach me and you lead us right now in the name of Jesus. We just receive this and any lie of the enemy that says that you're not worthy of it, we just cut that off right now in the name of Jesus. Any lie that says that you have to do more, earn more, or you have disqualified yourself, we cut those lies off right now in the name of Jesus. Father, we love you and we bless you. And Lord, show us how much you love us today. 
Lord, show us how much you love us. That is our foundation to run boldly into your throne room and say, these things are mine. Lord, we love you. We bless your name. And I'll just say here in closing, Lord, if there's things that need to be shaken up, Lord, I thank you that you do it with your love. That those things that have been lies and canvases that tried to define us, that those things would fall away right now in the name of Jesus. And Lord, in doing that, you will cause people to just to see that you have better for them. What you think is good, God says, I have better. And so, Father, I thank you there would be a hunger in every heart that says, I will not be satisfied with my definitions of good or comfortable or normal in Jesus' name. We thank you for this, Lord. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name. Amen. Now, I'd like to remind you that God has not just, just delivered us from things in the past. He's leading us into the destiny that he has for each and every single one of us. Amen. So go into there with expectant hearts, expecting to see the manifestation of that of, of the Lord of glory. Amen. Because he loves you and he's waiting for opportunities not only to use you, but to know you and to fellowship with you Amen. and to minister to you and to minister through you. Amen. Amen. Let me I want to say one thing. In Second Corinthians chapter four, verse sixteen through eighteen, is it's in the in the message Bible. And I just want to read it to you. Because you may be going through hard times and you're just like, this is, this is good. This blessed me today. It helped me. But there really are hard times and I just need, I need God's grace and I need his love. Guess what? You have God's grace and you have God's love. But it says this, it says, so we're not giving up. It says, how could we? Even though on the outside it often looks like, looks like things are falling apart on us on the inside where God is making new life not a day goes by without his unfolding grace these hard times are small potatoes I love that small potatoes compared to the coming good times the lavish celebration prepared for us there's far more here than meets the eye the things we see now are here today and gone tomorrow, but the things we can't see now will last forever. That God is revealing to you his eternal purposes so that no matter what comes your way, you will not fall away because you've got things that are unshakable inside of you. Amen. We love you. Bless you. We just want to say, you know, Pastor Ken and Liz are such a tremendous blessing. And you know what? We have worked with so many people. We've worked with so many leaders that are unteachable and unmoldable in the hands of God. And I'm just saying you are so blessed that you have pastors that are hungry for God. And they are determined. <laughs> they are determined to keep going and pushing. And so um, I'm just saying get your running shoes on because if you don't keep running, you're going to get left behind and you're not going to get to experience some of these awesome things. And so if you allow God, just say, God, help me put on my running shoes. Get me out of my comfort zones. Watch and see what the Lord is going to do. Thank you for listening to the weekly message. To 
find out more about Overcomers Church International and to hear more messages like this one, please visit our website at ociperryville.com.